0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode three of season two. So as you know by now, my podcast, Is That What You Think? includes a lot of conversations and a little bit of coaching thrown in. In each episode, I chat with some amazing people, find out about what they do, how they do it, what they think, and how they navigate life's obstacles. We find out interesting things along the way, and my guests give us a behind the scenes look of their life and their career. I'll also throw some coaching questions at them to really dig deep into their mind and their innermost thoughts. So if like me, you're a people watcher when you're sat in the coffee shop, I know you're gonna love this podcast. So let's get straight into it and let me introduce you to my guest who is someone that makes us all look and feel amazing, helps us to relax and also bring us a big boost in our confidence. Please welcome Debbie Bulteel hi Debbie how are you thank you so much for coming on to the podcast hi thank you for inviting me you're so welcome so I have so many questions for you <laughs> wanting to find about out about everything that you do so first of all just tell us what do you do
1: uh I run my own luxury spa treatment business single um And I use products, luxury products, Temple Spa and Neon. And well-being is at the heart of my business. So when I created um, or started to create this business, I started off with facials. And it sort of evolved from there, uh, moving on to massage and other treatments. So um, I offer a completely bespoke service where you're never rushed i never have back to back appointments each client is treated completely individually on a one to one basis um and i consider all their needs in respect of when people come for you for a skincare treatment or a massage there's normally other things underlying that they want to get off their chest um and it turns into sort of you know repeat i have a lot of regular clients that come repeatedly to me and they always comment that they feel more uplifted and a more in a more positive mindset when they when they go from me, which is my aim.
0: That's so lovely. So not only do you kind of pamper them physically, but it sounds like you're a bit of a therapist, stroke counsellor, <laughs> kind of ear to listen to. Yeah, and I think um, I think
1: we all need that. I think since COVID, people's obviously mental health is very fragile, and I think we all need that someone to be able to, someone that's completely impartial. Um, I had a client yesterday who said the advice I'd sort of given her, which was only something that I think she just needed to hear, she said it's been life-changing because it's enabled her to live her dream and go on holidays and give her more financial freedom. And it just needed somebody to say, well, why wouldn't you do that? And she said, honestly, it's it's not, It's not. just such a nice... Um, refreshing because it just feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders and that's to me it's such a rewarding thing to do I feel like if you can give anyone And, and also relaxation ordinarily um you know we all eat sleep work you know we're on the hamster wheel of life but actually to allow your body to relax into a complete state of sort of people say like um they sort of float or they completely switch off is really special and really kind of
0: needed, I think. Definitely. And I, I don't think we prioritize it enough. I don't think we put enough value on that. And I know when, when I'm talking with clients, just giving them that time and space just to get comfortable with their thoughts, just to let their shoulders drop, just have a moment just to go slower to kind of rest that's when the best ideas come that's when they start feeling more themselves and the confidence comes back and i guess that's similar in in your appointments that you're just letting them to sort of allow them to kind of reconnect with themselves and just have some time and space very much so and i think you
1: know we all have a lot going on in our lives and i'm not saying men don't but also women most most of my clients that you know whether they're young mums or whether they're retired you know as women we juggle so many things don't we we try and be so many things to so many people you know um and I think you do you do forget about yourself you do kind of come bottom of the list and actually it shouldn't be a luxury that you uh, prioritize yourself because if you're not well in yourself and you're physically and mentally you can't give the best of yourself to everyone else that needs you
0: um, so, yeah, I think I think it's really important. Absolutely. So what made you decide to get into that role? Um, it was kind of all the role. I mean, since since leaving school, which is a very long time
1: ago, <laughs> um, I've always kind of fallen into sort of caring roles. So um, I was in child care previously um, and after that i was um so i've done various different things but predominantly always been in a, in a sort of i suppose a caring profession even my job that i um had most recently that i was there for 5 years was i used to be an office manager for um an estate agents and actually what people don't realize is who have now become a lot of them have become my clients people that move house, which is one of the most stressful experiences in our country because of the system, is all, normally very emotive. So it's either the result of a divorce or um can be anything, moving areas for jobs. Um, and actually, I think being compassionate in that role really helped to... Um, you know, I suppose think differently in some ways and I've always loved skincare and I've always loved kind of um spas and the the brand the the luxury spa brand products that I use um I've been a a consultant for 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 a few years and I've built up a customer base um and a lot of my clients and customers were saying oh are you ever going to do uh skin are you ever going to do facials or um treatments. So um, after lockdown, I, or during lockdown, I kind of looked at training, which was an absolute minefield. I didn't realise the industry had so many ways you could learn. I mean, you can do a course very reasonably online for a very small amount, or you can do a much more advanced course um, on a one-to-one basis. So it took me a long time to find the right course that I wanted to do And I found an amazing lady who'd been in the industry for nearly 30 years. Um, And during my training, I had to practice on her, um, which was quite nerve wracking. So first of all, I trained in facials and I thought I'll just do it in the evenings for my Temple Spa customers so they can experience facials. I thought I'll do one or two a month, if that. And it just snowballed from there, really. So I was then... Um, working most evenings, most weekends to fit everybody in, taking holiday from work. Um, so then it came It came to the point where I thought, my son actually said to me, and my husband said, why don't you just go for it? Why don't you just do it? So I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that was March last year and it's just been incredible the support i've had and the the growth of my business has been just phenomenal i never would have meant, dreamt in a million years it would have gone so successfully so quickly because at the back of my mind i was thinking well worst case scenario is i can get another part time job and i can do this alongside it if it, if i haven't got enough clients etc but my my small client base i'd built up obviously by word of mouth, just grew overnight. Um, I've never advertised and
0: yeah, it's just been amazing. It's been phenomenal. And how did it feel making that kind of leap from that safe, secure world of kind of employment to suddenly going solo and having that kind of extra pressure on on yourself? Um, I think
1: for myself anyway, as you get older, you become more... I'm. If you asked my husband, he would say I'm very risk-averse, I'm very safe, I like the same pay packet every month, and it's a... completely out of my comfort zone to do what I did. But I thought, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it, and I'm never going to know. And my thought pattern was, like I said, worst-case scenario is I get another part-time job alongside it, I absolutely love doing the treatments. I I, I absolutely completely um, feel immersed in whatever treatment I'm doing. It's the only thing I've ever done where I'm completely focused on that thing, on the, the activity I'm doing. Whereas ordinarily, your mind wonders whenever you're doing work activities on your laptop, you're kind of, oh, I need, to, you know, what am I going to cook for dinner? Or, you know, all those sort of things. Whereas I think it's really important that, my energy flow is completely devoted to that client. So um yeah so it was completely out of my comfort zone, completely out of my um ordinarily what as a person, as what I'm like as to what I do. It was actually my son that said to me, Are you going to do it as a business? And I was like, no, I'd never do it as a business. I wouldn't be able to do it as a business. I didn't think in a million years I'd be kind of I think it's fear that holds you back, isn't it? It's fear that kind of you think. And I never really kind of knew what running a successful business or a, what it would it actually look like. I just sort of thought, I'll give it a go almost. And I think, yeah. like I say, as you get older, you kind of think what's the worst that can happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that's kind of how I, I am. I live day to day and... I don't really think too much about the future. I think life's very short and, you know, along the way we lose people and it
0: makes you realise what's important. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think especially the last few years with COVID, I think people's priorities have changed and are staying in their new way of thinking about looking after ourselves, looking after other people being around the people that we love more often more than we were doing kind of pre-COVID anyway, and, and valuing things differently and maybe having a bit of a, a rejig of our priorities, shall we say? Um, yeah. It sounds like you've gone through that transformation, obviously with COVID, but then also mm. with your business and that that mindset as well. So you say that you obviously focus wholly on the client when they're in front of you. How do you kind of mentally physically prepare for each appointment because some appointments for example if you're doing a massage that's quite kind of physically demanding you might have somebody that you know has been through a particular experience that may be some kind of trauma or something that they've they've gone through recently that might be stressful and you know that you'll be talking about it and you might want to make sure you say the right thing to them or encourage them. How do you kind of mentally and physically prepare for appointments? So when I book appointments
1: in, um, I never book in any more than three massages a day because physically I can't give my best treatment to those people if um, if I'm doing more than that. Um, I also, when I very first started my business, my um, my kind of one of my values is that the last client of the day receives exactly the same treatment and time as my first client of the day um because I feel there's nothing worse than visiting somewhere and you 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 sense that that person can't wait to finish work and they're rushing your whatever it is appointment hair appointment or it could be anything. um so I, I kind of manage that myself, which so uh, massages massages can be really tiring physically so I only like I say I book a limited amount in a day facials predominantly are my main treatment that I do um and I like I say I space them out so that I have enough time in between to set up for the next person to get some fresh air to get a drink so that then I'm back here back in my
0: cabin ready for the next client so my Mm -hmm. head's clear yeah I sometimes listen to particular music in between clients um, or go and make a coffee or do something Ooh. just to change the space that I'm in and to get my mind thinking about different things. Like you, you have to be 100% for each client, whether they're the first one or the last one, because they're investing, yes, their money, but also their time with you and, you want to give them the best experience possible so Mm, yes yes, it sounds like you've got a very good kind of way to kind of stay grounded and stay kind of mentally fit for for each Mm. client what then does kind of the the perfect day look like for you with in terms of clients and appointments and how the day runs so generally um
1: I don't take a full day off during the week I tend to have the first part of the morning where i um my husband and my daughter go off to work and then i sit and have a cup of tea and think about my day social media predominantly is right at the forefront of my mind because the consistency that's needed and um the, to, to get to keep interest up is i think that's probably one of the hardest parts of running your own business uh, i think to keep people engaged and interested in what you've got to say is a really difficult thing to do. I am so fortunate that I have built um, a Facebook group that is, Predominantly, most of my are my clients, so they do interact, they do engage, they do post reviews, which is amazing because it just takes the pressure off of me. So if you're listening to this, my clients, <laughs> thank you, thank you, keep posting because it just takes a little bit of the pressure off. I'm thinking, oh, that's good because there's something being posted, and it's not. I think people must get sick of hearing my voice or seeing my face. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you do have a little bit of imposter syndrome with social media, thinking, oh, they're going to think what she's saying now. But actually, it kind of it's you have to be consistent. So the first part of my day is normally social media. So once I've done that, um, I do house bits and then I take my dogs out for a walk, clear my head and think about what I've got to do for the day. I look at what clients I've got in um, and then I prep my spa cabin. In between that, I normally do admin. So whether that's messaging clients back or whether that's booking appointments, ordering stock, doing laundry. (laughs) that one always
0: creeps in <laughs>
1: yeah it does so laundry for me in here is huge so it's towels it's blankets it's face cloths. so it's and it all has to be really sterile and and washed and dried to a, a high temperature so in, so in between all that I'm very sort of good at oh well like most women multitasking so I'm always... <laughs> and in between that I'll have a cup of tea and try and you know keep hydrated um so yeah so every day is kind of different and I see, obviously see different clients every day, but it's very varied because everyone's got different needs. And I've got a huge kind of variation of clients, some really young um, and some are retired and much older um, and then some in between. So everyone's needs are different. Um, some people like to chat a bit longer, which is absolutely fine. Some people fall asleep. That's absolutely fine. So I will now... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I could fall asleep with them, no. But, um, yeah, so that's really my, what my days are like. Um, and, I, yeah, just they just feel... Uh, every day I feel so grateful to be able to wake up and do what I'm doing. I just feel so blessed and probably the happiest I've been in my life with... It's, not easy getting that work-life balance, but I think at nearly 50,
0: I found it. <laughs> it's taken a lifetime. It does take a leap of faith, doesn't it? It, does, it yeah. can often just take that leap of faith mm. for you to discover something new, mm. learn more about yourself, how yeah. you think and feel about things, and for you to experience different things mm. and, and, like you say, to then get that work-life balance and, and feel happier, healthier, lighter, mm. brighter, whatever. whatever those feelings are Mm -hmm. for you so with that in mind how do you kind of manage client expectations and manage those boundaries because I guess in your industry people will message you at all hours they might expect responses all the time they're coming to you and they're coming to your home and how do you kind of separate the the work from the home and also help clients understand sort of when you're contactable when you're going to respond Mm -hmm. because I think with with your sort of profession I think people see you as kind of their own personal kind of therapist counsellor all that so they think that they've got 24-hour access to you um yes
1: uh (laughs) I think because I'm Not actually in my house. I'm in my cabin in my garden. I feel very separated. So I'm very good at separating the two myself. Um, I do get messages at all different times of the day, night. I think I got one at three o'clock in the morning the other day. Um, Wow. Yeah. But I always think of people aren't deliberately disturbing you. They're thinking, oh, I must remember to message Debbie back or I must book that appointment and they just do it there and then they don't think oh yeah but it's half past midnight and I've had a nap on the sofa and now I'll, I'll sort that one out you know it's kind <laughs> of <laughs> it's and I so I so I never ever sort of get offended by by that at all and I personally I think we live in a hugely digital world which is brilliant in some ways but in other ways I think they like my clients particularly like that personal touch they like messaging me they like and I always remember something about each client whether it's they're going for an MRI scan or they've you know something about them and I'll you know so it we engage in conversation but um a lot of them will message a lot of people will message me and say oh, I don't expect a reply now and the other night when it was absolutely pouring with rain and I'd just been finished a spa evening I'd left my diary in the cabin. And I got another message, and I thought, and I just said, "I'm really sorry." My, my diaries in the cabin, and I said, "Oh no, don't worry about it. Now I'll do it in the morning." So, I, everywhere I go, if you ask my husband or my daughter, my my, my paper diary, my vintage paper diary, goes with me. Um, my daughter, do- my daughter Molly, always says to me, "Mum, you need an online booking system," which I did look into, but I don't like it, and I don't like the fact that you. So, for instance, say. A client wanted to book in for a facial and they booked in at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning. And then I had a client in my cabin, and they wanted to book at 11 o'clock on a Monday morning. And I hadn't checked the booking system. I'm then doubling the works kind of thing. So I'm looking at my diary and then I'm going to have to contact that customer and say, really sorry, I can't do you at 11. So it, to me, it causes more more work in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, so <sighs> there's fours and against with everything, isn't there? But yeah, I don't kind of, I do, I do, I think my husband would disagree with me, but like I say, my diary goes everywhere with me (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I do kind of run a, it's a learning curve, isn't it? I think when I started doing this full time, every time your phone pings and every time someone books in, I'm like so excited and so happy that they're coming back to me or they're rebooking and you know, that I'm kind of so pleased about it. It doesn't really bother me. But, and also as I've moved forward, majority of my clients now will book up when they're on their appointment, after their appointment for the next few appointments along, right up until, I mean, I've got some bookings in December this year. So, um, so that sort of helps manage it. Um And yeah, I kind of, once I go in the house, I'm in a different mode to what I am when I'm in here, really. Okay. That's really good, and that's
0: that's actually quite a, a skill, and that's quite a habit to get into, and it can be quite a difficult habit to get into because we, like you say, there's we do put pressure on ourselves that we should respond all the time, and we yeah. should almost be 24-7. But if you yourself were to, I won't say ring the doctors because that's probably not great with all the stuff that's going on in the news at the moment but if you were to ring your hairdresser your dentist whoever it may be your mechanic your garage whatever you naturally don't expect an immediate response um so we put extra pressure on ourselves to do the complete opposite and to reply and things like that so i think it's really healthy that you're like no i'm at home now if i want to reply i will do And if I don't, well, I'll have it as a priority for tomorrow when I'm kind of back in the cabin. And I think that's that's to be admired because there's quite a few people who struggle to get into that mindset of, okay, this is this is my time now. This is my space. And I I, it is okay to leave a message for a couple of hours or till the following morning. Nothing is going to change. Nothing's going to happen. Um, Negative. It's I think it's you, you seem to have got that that habit sort of nailed down do you think you put pressure on yourself in, an, in any other areas of your business
1: um i um yeah I, yeah i think i do i put I, yeah i i put huge pressure on myself to um be the best that i can at what i do Um, and excel at what I do um I wanted to offer something that no one else offers and I think I've achieved that clients tell me that um it's not just coming for a treatment you know I offer um a welcome drinks they can either have a cure or um mineral waters or you know different different refreshments I've always got like some really nice chocolates So it's all about all your senses. So to me, it's just, it's the environment. It's your, what you see, what you taste, what you hear, what you feel, all of those things add to an experience. And I wanted to create something. I mean, I love spas. I love going for a spa treatment. And I know what it's like to go in and it be very formal. You go in like a conveyor belt service. You can get that anywhere, can't you? Um, mm-hmm. whereas I wanted to create something that was special, that was luxurious, that does make you feel pampered, that does make you feel like, you know, th- amazing and that you're floating and that your mind feels free. And so, yeah, going back to your original question, pressure. So yeah, I do put that pressure on myself to make sure every client has that experience. Do you mean as in aspects of like, um, accounts of my business and, Admin and all the other things that go along with it, or do you just,
0: yeah? Yeah, I think because at, at the moment, for example, a lot of um, people who have their own business, they might be very good in their particular industry. So, for example, you're amazing at what you do, but you may not be as good at the accountancy side, the social media side, the marketing side, um, business planning, all that kind of stuff. Um, So, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of get your take on how you see yourself when you're kind of performing those tasks as well. And what sort of things do you kind of think about and say to yourself?
1: So I realised very early on that I'm not good at keeping accounts and keeping records and seeing how much breakdown my treatments are costing, um, all those aspects. And I was really fortunate to meet a wonderful lady at a networking event who recently started her own business um, as an independent um, accountant and um, business mentor, and she's been totally invaluable in my business. She's been amazing at helping me set up a software system, and um, and on and so I can record everything really easily. And we've looked at pricing, and we've looked at kind of um, just aspects that I would never have in a million of years of, of considered. And she's been instrumental in getting me to where I am, I feel. And I can't thank her enough. She's been brilliant. And like I say, I'm very... Well, I think when you've got a small business and you need to earn a wage from that business, it's very um, difficult to see where your money is best spent, as in what can I outsource? How much is that going to cost me? How much is it going to benefit my business? I mean, I've had no business training, no marketing training. I'm very much, I've learned along the way that I'm I'm a very good problem solver. <laughs> <laughs> so if things don't go right, like, for instance, I was trying to download some reports the other day, I will not let it get the better of me. So I'm very good at kind of um, delving into something and thinking, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing, but I'm not going to let it beat me. So I, I very like a bit like, for instance, Canva, which is an online digital marketing platform, um, which I use a lot now. Um, my daughter showed me initially how to use it, but I was completely lost. Um, but I've just self learnt, self taught. So mm-hmm. and same with same with social media. I think it's your. They want to hear from the person on social media. So to me, outsourcing that wouldn't work personally because I feel feel that my, because my business is so personalised, if I outsourced it and it didn't sound like me, I'd get, people would disengage. But my account, my, the financial side of it has taken a huge pressure off of me um, and I am I'm feel blessed that I'm in a place that I can afford to be able to pay. I never thought in a million years I'd be in a, in a position to be able to afford to pay an accountant to take mm-hmm. that off of my hands, but I have. Marketing-wise, I'm quite um happy in the fact that again I've self-taught and I've kind of thought oh I like I, what I like and what I don't like and kind of how I want my business to look I've also recently um paid for a website to be um made to be because uh, I'm that's something again I'm not very good at I wouldn't be able to design on my own website so um I sourced another lady that's got her own well-being business that develops websites purely for that industry. So yeah, so I have outsourced some things, but a lot of, I do, I would say, sort of apart from the accounts, everything myself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's really a kind of admirable of you, I think, because you know what your strengths are, you know what you're not quite so good at and you're, okay and confident enough to ask for help and i think that's where some people struggle that they feel too scared too ashamed too embarrassed too nervous to actually put the hand up and say i can't do this or i don't want to do this or i don't understand how to do something and yet once your your testament to this once you do ask that question you then flourish even more because. The worry disappears the stress disappears you can have more time to do what you're good at doing and let someone else do the numbers do the maths do the website do the technical stuff and you can then grow your business even more so how how do you feel about kind of asking for help or saying that you're not as confident in doing something
1: i um- I, I never asked for help. I don't think I ever asked for help in any aspects of my life and I never have done, really. Um, <laughs> but I think you, you cross paths with people and meet people at different points of your life. And as soon as I met Helen, I was just like, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I must have looked a bit desperate. I, when she was explaining how she's setting up, you know, small businesses and helping them and give, giving them a guide. Of, and I was like... I mean, she, she will um, confirm this, but, like, everything she does, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so clever. Oh, my God. You know, everything, like, links together, like, all my terminal machine and my bookkeeping. And now when I'm out and if, I, if I've bought something for the business, I'm, like, zapping the receipt. And, uh, you know, so it's made it flow as opposed to kind of being something I keep putting to one side thinking, oh, procrastinating, I'm not dealing with that today. So mm. it's something I think, a, I think with a lot of businesses – the financial side of it, um, you kind of sweep under the carpet, don't you, a bit, and think, oh, I'll just deal with that later. Whereas actually, if you deal with it every day, it doesn't become a huge problem. So, in general, in my life, I won't ask for help, but I think I've kind of trained myself in my business to sort of know what areas I, I want help in, and I'm not afraid to ask for that because I'm not an expert in my, you know. I'm not I haven't you know I haven't got a degree in finance and they're the experts and that's what you pay them for. Um, social media like I say I've kind of self-taught done it myself um and like I say I'm really fortunate in the fact that I've got so many su- supporting people on there that take the pressure off a bit but yeah so in that respect I don't I don't I'm not scared to ask for help um in my business but personally yeah I am.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's find out a bit more about you kind of personally. You give all these luxury treatments, all these relaxing experiencing experiences to people. How do you wind down at the end of the day? What do you do on a day off? How do you kind of relax and kind of decompress from it all? Um, I have do you go to a spa. Um
1: do you know what so many people ask me that? Um who does your treatments do you go to a spa um and yeah I do but I think since this is my business I'm more I want I want to give myself a treatment (laughs) and when I do spa evenings I want to go (laughs) (laughs) but um my way of relaxing my way of switching off is my dogs I've got two little Bichons Dudley and Lucy and they are My life, and we take them to the woods. I like being out in the trees, seeing them running, their little funny little ways they've got, and the unconditional love they give you. Um, that's if I go to the beach with the dogs, that's my happy place being able to take them out for a nice long walk and getting out in the fresh air, really. That's how I relax and switch off. I'm not one for sitting watching television, particularly, never have been. Um, I'm more of a, I suppose, I, I, I never thought of myself as this, but I, I suppose I am a creative person. I like more creative things, and I do sort of things that are still almost, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I like, yeah, going for nice walks, really, and just being out in nature. That's how I relax. And I would I would go to, for a spa treatment or a spa day and use the facilities, Um but I think because it's my industry, it's like a bit like a when you when you're taught treatments, you're taught in a very generic way. So you're taught taught strokes and and taught a way of massaging and doing facials. But I think because my treatments are bespoke, and you pick up on people's energy, and you pick up on how their skin is skin is at that point, whether it's you know whether it's affected by the weather, if it's or if they've been on holiday, all those sorts of things. So paying over 100 pounds in a spa for a treatment that is probably you know um generic just I just wouldn't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I know everyone's listening to this they can't actually see you but but Debbie's face when she's trying to kind of get these words out you can tell she's she's trying to say things but in a very careful kind of measured way. Um, and I guess what you're kind of really saying, I can probably say is that you are excellent at what you do and you only want to pay for excellent treatment for you. (laughs) And if you go somewhere that might be a bit more generic, a bit more kind of uh, like a, like a chain or a, a branch of a, of a bigger company or something, you might not get the personal treatment or the standard that you provide to your customers. And because you know, it exists. You know, you can then access it. So, I expect you probably do quite a bit of research on places and people before you actually kind of hand over your your money to somebody again. I think that's maybe what Debbie was trying to say. <laughs> You're just being too polite about it. That's all it was. Yeah. So, going back to kind of customers and clients, has there been somebody who's kind of stayed in your mind, a kind of a really memorable client, or somebody that's? kind of unique somebody that you won't ever forget um well every single client <laughs> <laughs>
1: um what I find really lovely is throughout my working life and I've done several different things lots of my clients are people I've known for 20 plus years in different aspects of my life and then now become my clients which is so lovely Um, there is somebody that completely sticks out in my mind and I sometimes feel like people could um, go anywhere. They could go to Harley Street, they could go to, I don't know, a a luxury spa in Dubai or do whatever they want to do and they choose to come to my little cabin in my garden and I find that quite... um, Humbling really. So yeah, I've I have got several clients that I'm really wowed that they choose me. Um and keep choosing me. Um yeah, oh, I feel quite emotional, stop it. Oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well we can we can help overcome that. Have you had any strange requests? Any Um no, actually I'm really uh, I <laughs>
1: um no, I, I have had one phone call, but that's all. I haven't ever had, I've only ever had male clients that are connected to my female clients. So either they're, you know, uh, husband or um, son or or that sort of connection. But no, I don't, I I haven't had any, no, I think I don't think I know what to do. But <laughs> <laughs> I think once they see me, they think, oh, she's, you know, nearly 50, she's past herself by day
0: not at all absolutely not they're gonna at all. be disappointed <laughs> but yeah okay so on that kind of life experience and and all the adventures that you've had and all the things that you've gone through what sort of tips tricks life hacks or anything have you picked up that that you could share with everybody listening today um
1: I've i mean on a personal level i've suffered with my own mental health um throughout my life and i know what it feels like to be in that place and i think i think that's why i have a natural empathy with people that feel like they are sort of sinking or they kind of need um some help and some a different outlook on life so i think Life hacks, I just think don't think you're ever going to... You're not going to stay in that place. However bad things feel or however dark somewhere is, life keeps moving on and what you'll feel in a week's time, a month's time, a year's time isn't what you'll feel today. So life hack, I don't know if that's a life hack or if it's a... Um,
0: advice or kind of um I think in a way it's kind of a a little life mantra isn't it something like today will always end tomorrow yeah will be a new day things do pass feelings change things move on and it's okay
1: and that's okay and you know I think life is a journey and you know everybody has ups and downs everybody has Um, good times bad times difficult times sad times but you know you you don't have to stay there and you don't have to kind of um yeah you don't have to stay there you can you life does move on and you and there are better things out there and there are um good things good things happen in life yeah
0: and I think it's reassuring to to hear that because we all experience those Mm. days weeks months where the skies are a little bit cloudier and we do feel kind of in the thick of things and to hear more and more people say that they feel exactly the same they've experienced exactly the same thing but might not feel it at the time but there are other people around you who have gone through or are going through similar things mm-hmm. and to, to not feel on your own with things and like you demonstrate it is okay to, to ask for help it is okay just to take some time out just to kind of think about things and to to kind of put time aside to plan things, to accept things um, and having that mentality of things will be okay. I will get through it. I've Mm. gone through things before and I will get through this. I think that's really good advice to everybody. So what's, has anybody given you any kind of words of wisdom any advice that's stuck in your mind do you know what I actually can't think
1: of anyone in my life um that has given me really sound advice there must be people (laughs) (laughs) um but um I can't honestly think of any piece of advice I've been given that I would pass on I asked my daughter and she's like um yeah I just I really struggle with that I don't I think because I I'm quite confident in my own ability to make my own decisions and make my own mistakes and I'm always really open to since I've started my own business I take on people's advice I'm like a real sponge if I meet anyone at a networking event or if I meet a client I'm really led by that um so I'm Open to accepting advice, um but I don't I don't. There must be. There must be. <laughs> I can't think of anyone. I can't. I want to say
0: in a really amazing answer, but I haven't got one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Some of us have. Some of us haven't. Yeah. I mean, there's a few people kind of have influenced me um, over my life with with just little things that they said, and also things that they've done. So how they've kind of behaved. Um, in a particular situation, I've kind of thought that's, that's amazing. That's to be admired. And I've kind of maybe taken that on board, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, But maybe if if you can't think of something, maybe it's you that's always kind of giving the advice and behaving in a in a particular way and things like that.
1: I need to take my own advice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, finding out about more about you and kind of delving deeper into the world of, of Jebi, if you could steal one thing and nothing bad would happen, you wouldn't get in trouble for anything, if you could steal one thing, what would it be and why? Time.
1: <laughs> I would steal time because as you get older, it goes quicker and you don't want it to run out.
0: Um, yeah. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. We've only had that, I think, once before really? somebody said that. Um, and it's just fascinating to kind of see how people's minds work about what they think, whether it be something physical or whether it be mm. something that would benefit more people or just themselves. So it's, it's good to kind of suss yeah. out kind of who you are and what type of person you are. Which leads me on to the question that I ask every single guest. And I absolutely love this question. What's your most favourite but weirdest sandwich-filling combination?
1: Well, I thought very long and hard about this, Suzanne. And I don't know if this is going to shock you, but as a child, we used to eat hundreds and thousands in a sandwich or a sugar sandwich.
0: Okay. And
1: on, (laughs) on white... Cheap bread like sun blessed or mother's pride, butter or margarine. You should sprinkle hundreds and thousands in it, close it together, and yeah, it was delicious. And the other weird sandwich it's
0: a crisp sandwich. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that one's as weird, okay, but it depends what the crisps are. Honestly, I think you should try
1: a hundreds and thousands
0: sandwich after you've tried this. <laughs>
1: Because it's yeah, I mean, I haven't had one since I was a child, and it's probably not like I remember. But it was a real treat, um, and it just shows how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) But I bet if if my older ladies or my older clients were listening, they'd be like, "Oh yes, you know, I remember those sugar sandwiches. I wouldn't have a sugar sandwich now, but yeah, we used to. You know, the cheapest, most stodgiest white sliced bread." butter or margarine and sugar or hundreds of thousands. But now I wouldn't eat that. I would eat a posh fish finger sandwich with tartar sauce and rockets or I'd my favourite sandwich is a hog roast with pork, applesauce, stuffing, crackling, and a big brioche roll. That's my absolute favourite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Debbie's eyes are lighting up when she's thinking about these, these sandwiches, they really are. You tell
1: I like food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you say you also would like a crisp sandwich. What what flavour crisps are we talking about?
1: Either ready salted, keep it simple, or cheese and onion.
0: Okay. You would ever you ever would we, ever, we ever, ever, have ever have you ever had a crisp sandwich, Suzanne? I have, yes. I mean, many <laughs> <laughs> many, many sandwiches of, of different crisps have I had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you mix the crisp flavours together? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're annoying. gonna do it. We do it properly. <laughs> go big or go home. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so my coaching is all about helping empower clients and increase their confidence um, and improve their mindset, helping them to regain control, um, achieve success, and basically feel unstoppable. So my last question to you, Debbie, is what makes you feel unstoppable?
1: I think I'm a very determined person, but I think the most crucial thing that makes me unstoppable is my support system, my clients' love for what I do, drives me who want to do this forever so every every day I wake up I feel completely grateful and blessed that this has happened to me and the love and support I've received from not only my family um my husband's my biggest cheerleader I would say he's supported me 100% you know cost of living crisis and I decided to start my own business and leave my full-time job um don't worry we'll do it but I can honestly say I believe pure determination and people believing in me, I think, is what, what kind of makes me unstoppable. The belief people have in me is quite... I feel quite overwhelmed at times and quite humbled by the fact... Oh, God, I feel emotional. Oh, God.
0: Oh. <laughs> and can you tell
1: I love what I do? I literally pour my heart and soul into my business and it means everything to me. And I feel... I don't know I just feel so blessed that I have such an amazing client base that
0: choose me keep choosing me and that makes me unstoppable I think. That's amazing and that just that sums you up doesn't it that emotional side that caring side that empathetic side you really do engage with your work your client's the values that you hold dear. And and that really comes through. You can see it from talking to you, from interacting with you, from seeing you kind of on social media, things like that. So I think you are definitely in the right, right profession. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brains. And also thank you to everybody who's listened. Please follow the show, leave a review, tell your friends, follow me on social media. And if you have any subjects or questions that you'd like me to include on a future episode, email me coaching at Suzanne Bryden, or take a look at my website, Suzanne Brydon.co.uk, to see all my updates and the ways that you can work with me. I can't wait for you to join me next time for a wander through the human mind, its thoughts and how we achieve success. Debbie, I will see you very, very soon. And to everybody that's listening, have a wonderful day.